And welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports for a day in their lives. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 57, 57, Trey, are we, wow, 57, 57, I can't A believe Career it high, 57. Wow, we're looking like DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> KD, all the 50 point scorers from this season. Who do you think, actually, you know what, Trey, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Who do you think was the best 50 point, 50 plus point performance this year? And it doesn't have to be based off of the you know total like if you scored 57 or 56 who do you think just like dominated who do you think had it for me jason tatum's and i know i know we're a celtics fan but i want to throw his name in the hat demar Derozan's was dominant because that guy he literally just i mean they he was just he was everywhere he needed to be and he he was making him work in the post he was just shooting whatever shots he wanted to shoot he was efficient and that's the thing, Jason Tatum's 50-point game, too. The guy was incredibly efficient, and he shot threes. He was taking it to the rack. He looked great. So th- those are my two top, I would say. But LeBron's was good, too. But I'm, what about I'm you? Gonna say, I'm going to say – so it, ha- it, has to be, it has to be 50. Can it be 50-plus? 50-plus. 50-plus. Okay, because, I mean, Cat scored 60, and he had, like, a billion th- – he, he just was hitting three after three. It – at the end, it kind of got silly because they were trying to get him to 60. And uh, I was watching the end of that game. and He was like, they were just passing him the ball. And he was just like chucking from like 32 feet. And like, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, all right, is this just going to happen? Like, and then he finally hit one and he gets 60. And I was like, all right, great. Um, the Kyrie yeah. one was pretty crazy, too. Uh, that's, and that's the thing about Kyrie too, is that that man is just, he's inside, he's outside, he's everywhere that you need him, but don't want him to be. If you're yeah. the other team, you're just like, oh yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, right when you and think Trey Young you, and Trey Young, I got to put Trey Young in that category too. Trey Young. I got to give that man props because he is showtime. He is one of the most confident kids I've ever seen. And he goes out yeah. and he doesn't just play ball. He like puts on a show with how he talks to his opponents, how he interacts with the crowd. I like love he it. is. Yeah. Dude, I love him. Dude, I love him versus in Madison Square Garden now. Like I feel like there's oh, That's beat. So, that's a rivalry now. That's yeah. so good. It's so good. Like and the Knicks fans, you, you know, you know New York's going to talk talk their stuff whenever, right? Like whether they're yeah. Last place or first place. And it's better when they talk from last place because it means nothing. But <laughs> it is so funny when they're so bad, but they still talk so much. They still talk so much at Trey Young. And he kills them every time. He it's so good. Time. It's so good. But it's so good that he like he like feeds into it too. That's when it's like you know like you're not – there's no like malice behind it. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, you can say like all the shit you want to me. But my play speaks for itself. I'm a feed into it because I know what I can do versus y'all. Like, he likes being the bad so, guy. He likes being the bad oh, guy. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's then so they, good. yeah, they get him going. He starts doing the bows. He starts doing his shivers, like all of his taunts, all of his talking, blowing him kisses. 
like he turning around like doing like the squat after he shoots a mid-range jumper just on the ground and he's like looking around i was looking around i mean that yeah and he's got a squad with him and i'm I'm actually i'm surprised that the hawks didn't have the season that i thought they were gonna have this year me too me too i see i thought they were deep especially from a wing perspective right you got bogey yeah. you got deandre hunter kevin herter herter you got collins Collins. yep um but the one thing is that past Trey Young, I mean, right now Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich is like the only guy you can count on right now. Mm-hmm. I know Collins is hurt right now, but well, they, Collins they did, did not have a good Cooper year. Too. Yeah, but he hadn't played much. I feel like they used a lot more of um, what's his name, Del- uh, Delon, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They use a lot more of him versus Sharif Cooper. I think maybe they're still trying to develop him. Develop, I think so. But John Collins kind of took a step back this year when people thought he was going to take a step forward, and he really wasn't the player that got that big contract. Like, or people thought, okay, he got the contract. Let's, yeah, he's got to show up now, right? And it felt like a little bit of a step back. Like he didn't have a horrible year. He just did. He just had like a not as impactful like an, all right like look like yeah. all right where it's like you still would want to keep him on the team as a high-flying role player but he he got super he got star money exactly because they they thought he was going to be number two right yeah it's, they thought Trey he- young is your guy john collins is the next name that comes up when you think of the atlanta hawks yeah and then you got clint capella somewhere in the mix and then eventually you, you know if you know basketball you get down to bogey well that's another know. thing is clint capella took a real step back like he started off with the Achilles soreness and everything, and he had a slow start, but he never really put on. Like he's not been Rockets Concapella, like, and it's just been tough for him. Like he, I don't think he, I don't think he's understood fully how to play with John Collins. Like that dynamic doesn't really work to have two bigs that kind of rebound. And They're both trying time. to rim run. Yeah, They're both trying to rim run, and it, it, it's where. It, you're you're putting when you have Clint Capella and John Collins on the floor, that hole that needs to be filled is the mid range, right? Because you you don't want to crowd mm. the paint because you want to again let Trey Young work, let like you know, let let your scores kind of work and drive into the lane, especially because they got some athletic guys. Right. Now this forces John Collins to kind of step out, play kind of elbow or high post. In a lot of the times, if he can't get to the rack because it's clogged with Capella, even if they're you know opposite sides. He's got to shoot the mid-range now. Yeah. And that, as we've seen, is not his strongest attribute. Yeah, he can hit the occasional three, but he doesn't, like, and that's why it's, but his percentages are so good because he's always in the paint. Like, that's it. Right, right, exactly. He's not, he's not a dedicated shooter. He's not a shooter. No. He's not a shooter. He doesn't shoot enough to be a shooter. And while I think that he could be, and you just see, too, I mean, with the modern NBA, you everybody's got to shoot now. Mm-hmm everybody's got to shoot now. I mean, who are the best centers? The best centers are the ones that can shoot. Who are the best guards? The best guards are the ones that can shoot. You have to, you have, to have a little bit of that. Yeah. It's tough name a guard Name a guard player. right now that is just a playmaker. Oh. Name like a really good guard right now that is just a floor general playmaker and maybe a defensive stopper too. Lonzo? Okay. Like may like he he can hit the occasional three. The occasional I would say he's more a of a playmaker defender. Ben type. Simmons, Ben Simmons, Simmons, right? So it's like, but but like, well, I get your point. There's not a two. Yeah, there's two. two. There's and, not a and lot. And we could we can and people listening right now. I'm sure you guys are thinking of kind of a few people that you might have in your head and your teams, yeah. and that's true. Hey, Mark is smart, right? I don't I don't want I don't want him to be a shooter. Wait, right, but it's about it's about shoots. kind of the fit in the team. It's about the fit in the team. 
And mm-hmm. like obviously Lonzo fits in that team because they have Levine, they have DeRozan. You know what I mean? They they have they have, they have Patrick Williams, Williams, they got Vooch, they got Caruso, they got Yeah. Yeah. They, they got they, they, they got all a stack over the place. team. Yeah. So, but with a team like Atlanta, I feel like what worked last year was this when DeAndre Hunter had his like great start to the season, then he got hurt. It opened it up and like people took that role. Herder took that role. Um, uh, Gallinari took that role. Bogdanovich stepped up. Bogdanovich in the second half of last season was amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. One of the best players. So it worked. And then you had John Collins playing well. You had Clint Capella playing well. So it worked and they kind of like fed into the playoffs. And that's why they were able to go as far as they could. But this year you bring back DeAndre Hunter. He's healthy. And everyone's kind of at a middle level other than Trey Young. There's no one. Uh, yeah. Like, you mean Bogdanovich has been great. Bogdanovich has probably been that number two in this year. But everyone else has, there's no one been stepping up that can kind of match the game to game intensity that Trey Young brings. And I think that's what, I think that's what they, that's what's missing from what happened last year is that like no one's really matching Trey Young's output like obviously no one's gonna hit 50 but no one's matching that intensity in terms of oh okay john collins had 25 and 12 today and you know he had you know he had some spectacular plays as well so it's like it hasn't been a lot of that it's been kind of the trey young show and bogdanovich is the only other guy that shows up so yeah yeah and so we well we've seen you know it's (laughs) there's too much role playing they need somebody to <laughs> no, they need somebody to be a star. And I think, they do. I think that's very legit. They All do. right. Well, that was a good that was a good discussion. We started with 50 point performances and we went into the Hawks. But <laughs> I don't think we've talked about the Hawks yet this year. So I think that was a good, a much needed. So for all you Atlanta fans out there, mm-hmm. uh-huh, you're welcome. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, Shrey, let's get the good vibes rolling. Let's go into the weekly highs. The weekly highs. Yeah, Max, let's start with a, a personal high. As people have probably seen from clips and stuff, it's been a while since I got a haircut. On this <laughs> particular episode, I'm sporting a new haircut, finally. Uh, it's been a while. I kind of go through phases where, especially if I've had a haircut late in the year, mm-hmm. I feel like I'll just kind of ride it out throughout the winter, let it grow a little bit. You know what I mean? It it helps, especially when it's cold. I feel like I have my own personal pillow upon pillow. Yeah, um, keeps you insulated. It keeps me insulated, which is nice. The only the only dumb part about having long hair in the winter, you know, more hair in the winter is, especially when it gets cold and you have to wa- you have to wash it, and then you come out of the come out of the shower and it's like freezing, and you're like, ah, like I did. I thought I dried my hair and it didn't. It didn't really There's drive my hair. icicles on my hair. <laughs> so you're like, so you're like furiously like drying your hair. Um. Quick before it freezes and we die. <laughs> it sometimes like, kind of feels like that when it's that cold. Yeah. And you, like, starts, you literally feel it start to get like freeze up. Hard. Yeah. 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 And I never like to go outside, especially in the winter with wet, with a wet head. Like that's like my fear is like catching something because i'm like and then being like and then being like oh crap this is the day that i <laughs> that i showered and then didn't have enough time to dry my hair so that's like the one downside but 
right now that we're getting into the spring i was like i, I gotta do it and this is like it, now i can take it through the summer i can let it go through my like middle phase take it through the summer and then probably get another one you know early fall if let i'm go really lazy yeah, if I'm really lazy, then I'll go late fall, and then we'll just ride it out into ride it out into the sunset. <laughs> Did you get your hairs cut? All of them? <laughs> no, that's good. Well, I think. Hey, look, I want everybody. I'm making up for the birthday thing. Uh, I straight. I think it looks great. Yeah. No, I think it thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think it looks good, and I think that's a good strategy. You just kind of like cut it, let it grow, cut it, let it grow. Yeah. It's very very economically friendly. As people know for me on this podcast to be. Not yeah, exactly. A so, baller on a budget. On a budget. Not not wasting time with any, you know, frugal. You know, I gotta say though, I gotta say, for all the ladies listening, um, I have a uh, deep found respect for hair care. I just am it's appalled. A it's a lot. And like if you take care of your hair in any way, shape, or form, that hats off to you. I am mm. appalled though at how expensive women's haircuts are. Oh yeah crazy expensive and then forget about if you're doing like any color or like a balayage like you're you're dropping a what a balayage is is that the guy that is that the running back in the nfl kalen balage (laughs) a what wait no it's when they get it's when they get the it's when you get the blonde at the end of your hair oh the balayage is that like not not across the tips or it's like when you get kind of like a highlight mixed it mixed in you're gonna know the look i'm talking about oh it's just like streaks that one no it's not like streaks like it's like blended so if your hair is one color and you kind of like you i don't know if that's a verb you balayage it into making uh-huh. it kind of like blonde at the end you know what i mean like a girl with like say she's like a brunette yeah or somebody okay. with like you know and then she's got like blonde highlights at the end like the bottom of her hair is blonde uh-huh, uh-huh. oh yeah yeah okay 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 that i think and now i'm nervous oh okay okay i think that's called a balayage <laughs> uh, well i mean my knowledge of that term is now women's hair deba- is-, is, is now developed because of you so whatever you say goes i have no idea what that term meant until you said it <laughs> you know my favorite food is balayage they're like what <laughs> like, i was like the, like i played for the dolphins didn't he <laughs> i'm just making words up now no but it's right if you go and get your <clears throat> balayage yeah you're dropping like you're dropping like you're dropping like 400 bucks yeah, can you you know the people that get like blowouts and it's like fifty bucks for a blow? Aren't they just like drying your hair? And they're like, just drying your hair. And like you, you just and you, I know you, it's, it's criminal, criminal. Fifty dollars, huh? Criminal. I mean, yeah, it looks it looks really good. Well, like, you just pay fifty dollars for that. I wish there was a better way. I wish. I don't think that they should be charged that much. Yeah, I mean, hair, dude. We need I'm, to unionize. <laughs> the union sent me the human humans need to unionize against hair care against exceedingly excessive hair care places. yeah, so, yeah. Like, no ah. i'm literally i'm just worried about like did i wash my wash my hair well today like like i i recently found like the right way to shampoo and stuff i was like watching a video i was like i had not shampooed mm. right Mm-hmm. like like you really you can't like use your na- like the nail part when you shampoo because you're like irritating the scalp you gotta like you use your like don't like don't like claw at your hair when you sh- like use the no no you just kind of 
You, well, yeah, the, you got to use the pads of your fingers. The pads right? of your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Like, kinda... like I feel like I was like doing it wrong. And so technique, when I like when I when I saw, I think I like came across like a a, a YouTube short or something. And I was like, holy crap! Have I is that me? <laughs> Wait a minute, Trey. You watch YouTube shorts? Oh no! Yeah, I have well, to log off. <laughs> and this has been another episode of Amateur Hour. Look, 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 Instagram Reels is bad enough because that's just TikToks from three weeks ago. Well, now I'm, you're watching YouTube shorts. That's I'm seeing stuff from 2009 and they're acting like it's new. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a personal TikTok guy. No, I'm not. Either. Like we got I'm, the, we got the I'm pod, just, but, we got the pod TikTok, but like, I feel like if I went down the TikTok, that's true. follow hole, us on TikTok, we do our clips there. Yeah. Gotta love our TikTok. Um. But it, like, but like, once we get into like the personal sphere, I just like I feel like if I went into that, I'd just get so devolved. But it's now I'm like, hard. now I'm like, yeah. oh, and now I see sh- YouTube Shorts all the time, and I'm like, well, this is just the same thing except the same thing, content. And, they, and they'll get you, and they'll get you. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, content. I programmed, I programmed my Instagram Reels to only show me basketball stuff. So for me, mm. I yeah, know same, that same, kind of I'm same, gonna yeah. let. You know what I mean? So I'm going to let like my primal brain like distract me sometimes, but at least maybe I can kind of like take something away from that. Maybe learn a new technique, learn a new drill, and then go practice that. So it's not a total waste of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot like of I my a lot of my YouTube shorts are like cuz I watch a lot of pod like video versions of the podcasts that I listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them are like uh someone taking a clip and reposting it of a pot like like what, like, you know, like the knuckleheads podcast or the I am athlete podcast or, you know, mm-hmm. some really good podcasts out there. Some of them are like the clips of like, and then yeah, the best part about a YouTube short is they all have like the same type of backing music where it's like, do, 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 do. Like, like, it's like very suspenseful for something where it's like, you know, like <laughs> some, some kid taking, <laughs> yeah, some kid taking like a three pointer and then, oh yeah. Yeah, we're we're going down. Anyway, I'm going down a rabbit, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I I know what you're talking about, and everybody, if you've ever used TikTok or any of these, you know what we're talking about. You get sucked down the hole, and then you're gone. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring us back to the light today. Um, no, Shay, what about what about sports? What's the sports high? Oh yeah, I'm glad that high. you're shampooing and your haircut, and that's going well. Yeah, it's got a haircut is important, but in terms of the sports world. A positive coming from a from a Celtics fan is that the Nets, because of their loss to Atlanta, is are are officially now in the play in tournament. Wah, wah. Like like you can't like, I mean if we started this season, right, it was it was one of those where like well, finally everybody's healthy, the big three, and then all of a sudden you get the Kyrie drama where Kyrie just can't play because he's not yeah. getting vaccinated. And then you got James Harden, KD kind of, you know, da, 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 da. then you get Katie's injury in the middle of the season. Then you got mm. James Harden leaving and then you got Kyrie can kind of come back, kind of not come back. And then he's all the way back and he's fine, but he's not great. And all the struggling, like you're trying to find role players like James Johnson. Why is he, why is he like your go-to guy in a power <laughs> forward position? You make the trade, you know, for Harden, I, you know, you get Andre, you get a bag back, you get Simmons, but Simmons can't play. It, not the season I think a lot of people were expecting out of the New York Nets. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. And I think that they were on other but than the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know why I said New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than the other than the Lakers, the two most drama intensive teams in the NBA this year. Davis. Yeah. And like 
you know, like, yeah, both of them have had injury concerns, but we can't just chalk it up to injury concerns. You got to chalk it up to like kind of everything going on with the team and kind of how they've had issues internally that have kind of, in a sense, not blown it up, but like you got a little mini explosion here and there and it's, it's caused a distraction. And I feel like as a basketball player, when you come out to the media and you say, this is, you know, everything is fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like when, when people say everything is fine, we're good. The media, we're it's okay. never fine. It's never fine. <laughs> Don't take the cheese. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. It's it's weird too because again, you can see how play on the court. It's just like I don't want Steve Nash to get fired. I like Steve Nash as a coach. They, I mean, you have such a talented player. You don't like Steve Nash? I like. I love Steve Nash. I love Steve Nash the player. I. Mm. Gotta You're be not honest. a real Steve Nash fan. You're not a real Steve Nash fan. I gotta be honest. I I don't know how good of a coach he is like okay. the team can do really well right and i don't know if this is kind of that same sphere that we put you know t- ty Lu into when he was the Cavs coach and then everyone give kind of like, lebron the ball yeah <laughs> so you remember all time. those memes and everything and 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 ty Lu moved to los angeles and now he's you know one of the better coaches in in the NBA, right? Just from a from a most improved standpoint. coach, and yeah, yeah. So he's a really good coach. And same thing happened with when you had a great player in uh, LeBron going to Miami, and then Spo got that treatment. And then when my when LeBron leaves, Spo is able like Becomes you can a great see coach. what he does, right? You can really see what he does. I don't know yep. if that's the same with Steve Nash right now with KD and Kyrie being on the team. It's that's a lot of ego that you have to handle too as a coach, right? Who Right. But I'm also like, I'm not, so I'm not saying like, I'm, so I'm saying, eh, as like a, we still have to see. I'm not going to say like he's a great coach yet. Okay. But we, we got to give it a couple of years. You got to, you know, there's going to be turnover. There's going to be people coming and going, players leaving, players not being angry. How does he handle that? And if he's able to handle that well and they're able to win, even with KD and Kyrie, then I'll give, then I'll give him the credit that he's deserved. I, I'm just not giving him that right yet. So, okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you see, I mean, you lost whatever happened in your locker room. James Harden was like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and yes. now you got Ben Simmons and uh, you know, that's, that is what it is. You still have superstars, but I mean, mm-hmm. the Nets are royally screwed after KD leaves, either if he retires or goes somewhere else, like after these, this era of superstars leaves, you traded away all your draft picks. So unless, you know, Cam Thomas is going to take over and go absolutely bananas, good luck. Yeah, that's the one thing with the Nets is they haven't kind of – well, so they've been so good of late that all their picks have been on the the lower side of the first round. And so you know those are going to be more developmental. And it's just going to – you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a hit or miss when you get that late into the rounds. The same thing happened to Miami, right? They they played they played so well with LeBron and Dewey Wade and Chris Bosh that their picks were like you know Norris Cole and people that like players that didn't really pan out and so only once LeBron left and yeah. they kind of got a little worse were they able to pick up players like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and like, you know what I mean like the drafts got 
the talent got a little better and they were able to replenish that system. The Nets are in a stage where they're win now, so they're not able to replenish that system. So I think their 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 mode of thinking is like we're playoffs bust, championship bust, obviously. Not even playoffs, but they should be championship bust. Once we get to the, you know, Katie might leave, Kyrie that whole scenario which will come which will come it'll be drama and then it'll be all anybody's talking about so yeah, yeah it's it's that's not that's a good take because we know it's gonna come <laughs> it's gonna come it's gonna come whether it's a retirement whether it's internal struggle and one person wants to leave like something's happening ben simmons i starts crying again <laughs> well he's gonna I be if, if they leave ben simmons got the contract he's there he's gonna be have to be the guy so. He's not the guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're but not he, that guy. But like in a, a default, like when you open up the application and you haven't made any customized options yet, that's do, 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 got, do, do, do. Ben got Simmons. Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh no. You got I'm ben switching Simmons. to Apple. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> <sighs> so, so we'll see. So yeah, but that is good news, Trey, that the Nets are officially in the plan. And the Lakers. Well, the Lakers may not even make the playoffs. So we'll Man. see. Golf clap. Golf clap all around. Yep. Very good. And <laughs> it's just crazy to see. So in light of that, if you're a Lakers fan, you're pretty upset. So I'm going to go into the lows and we'll talk about we'll talk about something that is upsetting as a Celtics fan. <laughs> the lows. So uh, for my weekly lows, I guess I'll start with personal first. Um, just kind of a weird, tough week, couple weeks. Um, feels like I've been going through it. And then, Shrey, as soon as I was like, oh, I think things are starting to like look up. Because you know how mm. life's cyclical and ups and downs and stuff. As soon as I was like, oh, stuff's starting to go up. Uh, stuff did not go up. It just went back and I was like, Argh. So it happens. I ended up getting cut from one of my rec basketball ga- uh, teams, which I know, super embarrassing. Um, it just I ultimately don't think that it was like a good fit on either end. Like I didn't really enjoy playing with them and I don't think they enjoyed playing with me. I, mm. I'm a bigger guy. I play big. I play in the post. I shoot mid ranges. I'm not really stretching. I'll, you know, cut and drive to the basket and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I just I just don't think it was a thing. They, they said that I wasn't producing. And while my def- my defense was still solid, you know, I'd get like a block, two blocks a game. Yeah. Um, it's you all know, about how you contribute shot, with the minutes. Shots played, right? altered. Right. It, I just ended up getting less and less minutes. And uh, yeah, that was that. And, and they, you know, they said they were, I wasn't producing on the scoring end, but I really like not even, I don't even want to sound salty about this, but I would get probably, I would touch the ball offensively about three times a game. I would typically pass two of those and shoot one. Mm. And if I made that first one, I'd probably get another look, maybe try to shoot it. But if I missed, that was pretty much it. And I just would just, again, work on passing it out and try to work it out. Yeah, anyway. Well, in a, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in a world filled by highlight basketball, some of the stuff that goes underrated and people don't really remember is ball movement. And like, you know what I mean? Making the, making the pass that gets to the pass that makes the shot. Like The intangibles. Not- yeah, right. The, right. The pass to assist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. like, so like, I mean, I get it. Like it, it, they may think like, okay, from a highlight, from a stat standpoint, like, Hey, I don't really get the production from you or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Is it, is, was it a fit thing? Was it a, 
there, there was no chemistry either. Like I yeah. even even outside the games, like it wasn't really like they didn't really like talk to me. They didn't really. And I'm I'm the I was the oldest one on the team. So I think that also contributes. to Oh, it. really? I, I'm the oldest by like a year or two, sometimes three. These are all like younger guys. Oh, so. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. But anyway, so that's depressing. Uh, but yeah. that's OK, because we're going to take it as motivation, going to take it as a wake up call. Go back, hit the gym, get right, keep on plugging on. I'm still in, you know, two other leagues. Uh, we had a good, really good playoff game in one of them this week. So, you know, it's not all oh, bad. Yeah. The other thing, though, that I want to share, I want to share mm. a story real quick. Um, and I haven't told Trey this story yet. But this week, I got back from one of these said basketball games, and I'm in my car in my driveway. And I'm just okay. relaxed. It's about 1130, getting close to 12. So it's late at night. Um, I'm just sitting in my car. I'm on the phone, just you know, kind of hanging out. A little decompression before I go back inside. No, no big deal. All of a sudden, I look in my mirror and I notice movement behind my car. Like something's like walking up to me. And my first thought was like, oh, my roommates are out at 1130 at night. They're just coming up to my car to say hi, because otherwise, why would anybody be coming up to my car? I look out my driver's side window and a person under the influence of some kind of drug, is pressed up against the glass. They then reach for the door handle, pull the door open, and immediately I went into fight or flight. My adrenaline spiked. I reach over. I grab the door, pull it back, fumble for my keys, lock the door, and I don't think I have ever yelled as loud in my life as I did that day. I was screaming. I was like, get out of here! Like, go! Get out of here! It was... I was so scared. I was so terrified. And it took them probably about two minutes of continuing to like try the door and try to get into my car before they were finally, I don't know if they were scared off because of the noise or they just decided it wasn't worth it or it wasn't working. Um, but man, that that was upsetting. It was scary. And now like yeah. when I go outside, I'm a little like, whoa. Of course. And I tried to file a police report less so for me, but more so because I live behind a school. Like there's kids in my neighborhood. There's kids mm-hmm. on my street. Mm-hmm. You can't have people trying to get into somebody's car while they're in it or really anything like that. Or somebody oh, yeah. who's, again, under the influence of some that kind of drug. Yeah. Walking around with there's kids there like that's So I'm, I'm glad that it was me and not, again, one of my roommates or somebody else, mm-hmm. but still terrifying. So how did he approach your driveway? Like, did you you, you didn't see him while? Uh, I, I was thinking it was dark time. out. It was oh. dark. It was dark, and I think they came from behind, from behind my car because that's what it was. So I saw it. So I looked out the because you know how you notice movement. Yeah. yeah so yeah, my, like I, peripherals. I, I know peripherals. I just noticed movement in my mirror, and then I looked to my window, and there was just somebody, and I was just like, Yo. "Oh my god!" Because I when you when you brought up when you brought up kind of the the basics of the story, I assumed it was like. I assumed it was like a coyote or something that was coming past or whatever, or like no. some sort of animal. It was but, a person. But for a human with hands that once they try to get into your car that seems to be under the influences of it, that's kind of scary. Like that's like, I don't know. That's, that's some, that's some, that's some shady yeah. stuff. That's some I don't know. And I don't know if they thought that my car was theirs were they older was this like an older person they were older and i've seen them around the neighborhood before and they've actually kind of like spooked you know me one time and spooked one of my roommates 
because um, oh, one of my roommates was again trying to pull out of the driveway or pull into the driveway and they were just like in our driveway kind of just sitting there oh my god and then another time i walked out my front door and they were in between me and my car and they were like hello and i just kind of like scooted around them i was like hi and i didn't know again if then they wanted to get in my car too so i've seen this person before and that's why it Another reason why it really scared me because I was like, do they have a needle? Do they have a knife? Do they have a gun? What is their objective here? Yeah, and that's another reason why you should have you you did why you reported them is because if this is a person that like it's not going to be a one off situation. This person they've been frequents this yeah. area. Yeah. Yep. And again, there's it, more. The most important thing is that there's kids in the neighborhood. So so scary. So that that was really the piece de resistance of my week. Ugh. crazy week um we're past it though we're past it though we're past it though and yeah it just you know we'll try to find the positives and, and we'll go from there yeah. so my sports weekly low is something that didn't ha just happen but we can see it's kind of ripple effects in the games that are played so we're gonna talk about the celtics for a minute the celtics lost one of their just emerging stars in robert williams he had a partial meniscus tear in his knee. Fortunately, the timetable is that he's only out four to six weeks. He had a successful surgery. But we can feel the lack of Robert Williams' defensive and offensive presence in the, most, in the last four games that we've played. We've won mm -hmm. two and we've lost two. But the Celtics were 26 out of, or 24 out of 26 for the past, again, however many games. Right. They, they I mean, that's, that's a great great run in the season and a lot of that was due to robert williams i mean his high flying capabilities his shot altering capabilities half the time it felt when you're watching the game it just felt like somebody could just chuck the ball up anywhere near the rim and robert williams was gonna go get it and get a bucket yeah huge asset to the team and you can see now with him gone defensively we lost a little bit of luster and offensively we lost a really a lot of options well, yeah. So let, let let me say first that the games that we've played since the Robert Williams injury have been like you know against mixed competition, right? Like we've had games against the Pacers where we blow them out, and then uh, the Timberwolves. I, I think I don't know if uh, Rob was in My, the Miami Heat. The, yeah, and then no, oh, so Rob was in the the Timberwolves game, but like, oh yeah, that was a game he got injured. That was a game he got injured. Yeah. So the Pacers, and then we just played the Wizards, and we blew them out by 42. But then when you see games like the Raptors and the Heat, and you think, hmm, they have some good forwards. They have some good, they have some good, like Siakam had like a 40-point game against us. And then with the Heat, uh, Bam Adebayo felt like he had a really good presence, even though he didn't score a lot. Like, there was like, it's just like, there's no like security blanket. And that's why I feel with Robert Williams this year is like he felt like a security blanket. Yeah. It's just like, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but we have a great defense. So it, that shouldn't change, right? Like, Marcus Smart, still a defensive player of the year candidate. You got Jalen Brown. He can be a two way player. Jason Tatum playing improved defense this year. Mm -hmm. Tice is still a good defender. But with Robert Williams, his ability to clean up around the defensive and offensive areas was just so vital because we, we've never had a guy, even though he's not that tall, he's six, nine for a center. 
Not that tall. But he his his jumping ability makes him seven three. And he has like a seven seven five seven six wingspan. Wingspan. So his arm is just like robotic, and it like literally grabs anything in sight and tosses it or tosses it away or tosses it in. So it's like just having that capability, having that rim running help weak side help defender that can block his shots that can and he's also a a willing passer a willing ball mover like he's had a he's had a triple double uh before you know what i mean like he can do it all so to have that gone from the lineup it sucks especially when you see that we're playing really good forwards and we're going to continue to play really good forwards and big men in the first, as in the, in you the head into the playoffs, yep, yeah, yeah, and that was right because Bam Adebayo, and then in the Raptors game, you know, like Scotty Barnes, Siakam, I mean, Siakam at forty. Oh, Siakam, that sucked. That sucked. And watch. then, and that was a tough game to lose, especially you know we with we should be winning that game without Robert Williams, mm-hmm. but I, you see, his presence is missed in those types of games where there's really good big men. So, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's just you 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 kind of feel that pressure and. Mm-hmm. It seemed like chemistry was good with him and the offensive scheme that we were running just worked really well. I mean, now with Tatum and Brown starting to make those extra passes. Yeah. I mean, is and also the fact that they draw so much attention offensively. I mean, now, again, like I said, you could just it feels like if Tatum and Brown are driving in the lane now, if that help defender comes up, Robert Williams is so bouncy that, again, all they have to do is float the ball over that help defender. And Robert Williams is sitting back, you know, sitting backside. He's he's already yeah. there waiting for a dump off or waiting for a lob that he just goes and gets it and boom. Yeah. Yeah. And we 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 talked about this kind of from a Robert Williams standpoint last year, Max, when he signed the the big contract, right? Mm-hmm. He secured for four years. We said, what is he gonna do? He's gonna make sure that he steps up and plays. Yeah. Right. So we we made sure that it wasn't about him kind of progressing from a, a play standpoint. We knew that he was a good player and he had a really he had a lot of talent that just needed to, you know, emerge, right? It, it, the only thing was availability. And it felt like for for the whole year really, he was available. And I felt like, okay, in a first step after the big contract. He's been available. He's been playing well. He was a he's basically a defensive player can, of the year candidate. Like that's that's what we need. That's how you make the contract worth it, right? That is when you mm-hmm. see plays when you see a player do that. It's just the timing of this injury kind of sucks, and then also, like, it kind of even if it's unnecessary, it feeds into that narrative that he he is injury prone and like how, how long are his timetables versus other people, you know, Mm -hmm. considering the injury issues he's had. So, I mean, I might be feeding into that a little bit with my thought process where I think, okay, Oh man, Robert Williams is injured again. But for, I, I can't, I'm trying to get myself out of it considering he's played in most of the season without an injury. And it's just kind of most of the season without injury. He's he's sat a couple times. Yeah. He's had minor tweaks and, you know, tweaks and bumps there, but yeah, no, I mean, at this point, I would, uh, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing because, like, I still, if you're injury prone, like, yeah, stuff happens. You might have a good season. Like, AD had a good season the year that they won, you know, Lakers won the championship. And mm-hmm. part of that championship is because AD was healthy. Right. Right. But then you see this year, he's been out twice. Yeah. Same thing for Rob Williams. It's like, yeah, he's having a great year and he might be, and his availability might be the reason that the Celtics go far. If they make it to the second round and Robert Williams comes back without rushing, because that's the biggest thing is we've seen it time that's and time sense. again. 
athletes rushed back into the playoffs because, again, the stakes are so high and they're not fully healthy yet, are likely to re-injure. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Uh, from what reports said on the injury is that, that he had two options for surgery. And one was the four to six week timetable, the surgery that that he would be able to come back if the Celtics made it far enough in the playoffs. The other was like a full surgery that would, you know. Full, full would, meniscus replacement. Or would be like, yeah. or you know, For the MCL replacement, yeah. Yeah, menis- yeah, meniscus, I think it was. But like it would be, it would be a longer surgery. Yep. Uh, recovery. Yeah. So, and that he would be, he would be healthy and it would be secure for next season. It felt like considering the path they went that Rob Williams is and his team, his team around him and the Celtics feel confident that he, the risk for re-injury coming off a of surgery like this can't, can't be too high. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't know why they would risk a player that has had injury issues in the past to be re-injured again coming off of another surgery. And then, you know what I mean? Like having a surgery coming back early and then getting re-injured again, just to be out the same amount of time mm-hmm. is like, is like a tough pill to swallow. So it feels mm-hmm. like just based on kind of what we see from the timelines that it feels like the conversation was had that, Hey, if we do this, if you know, the Get meniscus, back in there, the meniscus was, was torn in this way. So let's do this surgery because I think you'll still be able to, finish out the season if we get far enough and you'll still be healthy going into the next season. So I, I'm, I'm trusting the Celtics on that and that they, they wouldn't um, put $54 million at risk again. You know what I mean? Like that's not something we want to do. That's so. ultimately what you're doing, right? If you have a con- somebody with a contract that large and they just sit on the bench, I'm shilling out money for a nice warm seat. Right. And that's tough to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Obviously, I want Robert Williams out there. I think this is a season, considering all the 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 hype that has gone on with the Celtics over the second half of the season, right? You see 538 putting them at number one odds to to win the champ to make the finals. You see Wow. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like you see you see stuff like that and it kind of gets to your head that like, oh okay, this team and other people are seeing this team is really good. But it only goes so far as the health of your team and how well they continue to play. And so when you see it, when you get a big injury yeah. like this, a, a, a week and a half, two weeks before the playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. It's like, oh, like all that continuity you just had, it feels like it just broke down a little bit. And you're like, no, we can't. We can't break it down. You got to tape it back up. You got to get the duct tape. You got to get the Gorilla Glue tape back up until Rob Williams goes back. And then hopefully we get a makeshift playoff run that we can you know solidify with the robert williams appearance so yeah rob you're fine like, <laughs> i can't walk they're like you're fine get back in there we gotta win the final <laughs> yeah yeah well i think i think sure i i think you you hit the nail on the head there that's 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 it and i very much agree so yeah. let's go on um you know before we're wrap up our things here we have a few more tidbits to share and talk about the first thing is that last week we talked about we talked about the patriots mm. You know, we we had to talk about the Patriots. Unfortunately, we had to talk about, unfortunately, we had to talk about Tyreek Hill going to Miami, <laughs> and the problems that that causes for an old and slow Patriots defense. On the offensive side, mm. Pat's picked up through trade with the Dolphins, of all people, an interdivisional trade, Devontae Parker. Mm. That 
who is, for those of you who don't know, he's a wide receiver. Uh, he has had some good, really solid seasons. Uh, I mean, he had he had a 1,200 yard season in two, what is 2019? Yeah, yeah, just and he ago. last year was okay. He's 500 yards, 40 receptions. It's yeah, he took a backseat last year uh, to Jalen Waddle, who really emerged who as that emerged. number one option to them, uh, yeah. especially in a game where. The Dolphins with Tua at the helm don't really go for that deep route, like big body receiver. They mm-hmm. shore up the middle, let the receiver do the work, and then you saw Just that real quick, yeah, yeah. Yep. And you saw that this off season when they also picked up Tyreek Hill, and it felt like that's the di- direction they were going for. They want, they want quick routes. They want the receivers to do most of the work and then Tua looks good by making those right decisions and that high completion percentage. Yep. So Devonte Parker kind of felt like the, the odd man out in this case where it's like, okay, he's a big body receiver. He is he's a, six, he's six, three, two something. Yeah. He's a big boy. He's and a that's, big and boy. he's still, he's still quick. He's still quick enough on his feet. Yeah. And he's been, he's been in the league for, a while. I think he was drafted in 2014. 15 if i remember so he's been in the league for six seven years now uh that 2015 yeah yeah so it feels like um there's like there's a lot about him that i like from a from a physical standpoint he's a he's a physical receiver he he's had some trouble with ball control and drops and in the past and, and 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 you know taking care of the football and stuff like that but I mean, I like it for the Patriots because this is the best option that they have right now. I don't know about you. Well, Max. you were just saying you were just exactly. You were just saying last week. You're like, I don't know who else is on the table. Yeah. I don't know who's out there that the Pats can pick up. And so yeah. this, I didn't know that this was still an option. I didn't know that he was still available. But I agree. I think. And look, look, look. If if we think about Mac Jones, right? We, I mean, we had Aguilar for deep threats. Yeah. Now we have technically two deep threat, you know, wide receivers. I yeah. think you can run some interesting plays with that. Now that's going to put a lot of pressure, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but that's going to put pressure on Mac Jones, right? You're going to have right. guys that are going to be able to get down, get down the field. Now you have to throw them the freaking bomb, right? They'll be able to get position, they'll be able to catch it, but you have to get the ball up the field. So while we also like our, you know, quick 10, 15 yard passes, I think this is going to be the next development step for Mac Jones. I mean, if he just becomes, you know, a, a bombing quarterback. With who's again just a pure arm talent with a little bit of athleticism, I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah, and so this guy can this guy can help bring that out. It it tests it's going to test Mac Jones' arm. Talent, like you said, I think last year we didn't see a lot of it just from the scheme that they and I don't know how much we're going to see of it either. I'm I'm still not convinced because they still have the running backs and it feels like you know bringing back James White. I know he's still injured, but like if he ever plays. Having Ramondre Stevenson. Come on, Damian, do something. <laughs> D- D- Damian Harris. You know what I mean? They brought Leonard Fournette for a visit. He didn't end up signing, but it looked like they wanted to get running back help. It feels like oh, even Oh, we missed out on Leonard Fournette. So he came in for a visit, and then... <laughs> it's so funny. He came in... He, he, the only visit he came in for was us, and then he left, and then he immediately signed a contract with the Bucks. Like, no other visits. It was kind of funny. It, it wouldn't have made sense as a fit, I feel like, because, like, Leonard Fournette, like, where are you going to put him? He's kind of been the alpha in Tampa Bay. What is he going to be, like, the 
running back third, like second or third in the committee. The Delta, yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, very good Greek alphabet knowledge. <laughs> the Ugma. The, the Iota. The, zap, the zapping bappington yeah that's a letter too yeah but but right it's he's not gonna be top dog anymore he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be in the mix right and so it felt like second yeah it feels like so it feels like okay they're still in that even without josh mcdaniels that they're still gonna be in that running back heavy scheme i'm still not i'm still i'm still not sure how you know how they'll change that scheme so they can use someone like Devonte Parker? They got to do it now. You got the receiver. You paid a third round pick for him. That's a, that's a, that's an okay price. I feel like Devonte Parker. You get you get the Devonte Parker and the fifth round pick back. You give up a third. Like third is still second day, right? So it's like that's that could, the good players come around in the third in the third round. I like Devontae Parker, so I feel like that makes sense. It's commensurate value for Devontae Parker, but it's just now you got to use him. You can't just say, mm-hmm. oh, we picked up Devontae Parker. The same way you said, oh, we picked up Jonu Smith, and we picked up Nelson Aguilar, and you didn't use any of them. Like, they didn't pan out so well in your first year. So let's not make Devontae Parker's first year as a Patriot, like, the same. So the scheme has got to change a little bit to fit, to fit Devontae Parker. It's got to be a little more deep balls. You got to mix those in. I'm not saying go uh, beat Pat Mahomes. What? Pause. <laughs> got to be more what? <laughs> Sorry. You know, we have to make an inappropriate joke at least once per <laughs> podcast. And, and for the kids, this one's over their heads. But for everybody else, you know what I'm talking about. Let's keep going. Uh, but yes, got, you're right. You have to have deep you passes. Got passes. You got to have a deep threat. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. It, it's really not. I mean, for the money too, it's not a bad signing. Yeah, and it's. I think he's the last year of his contract. Is that? Am I correct by saying that? I believe so. Okay, so I mean, it's either an audition for him, and he's got to play well, or the Patriots look at him as, "Hey, we can extend him past this year because we're going to try to fit him in." Either way, it makes sense for both parties to use him, right? And it's just, it's just a better option than what we had. I'm still, I'm still not fully sold like on sold on everything, just because. Yeah, he is technically a wide receiver too, right? Aguilar? We, no, no, I'm uh, on Parker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not. He's 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 had years where he's the alpha, and it like that one year, 2019, he played really well. But, you know, in other seasons, he hasn't really emerged. And he's been in the league a while. So, you know, hopefully you get that type of player. But I'd, I'm i still not convinced he's a number one. So, you know, I feel like you have a lot of good, good but not great receivers. And your options are getting better from, like, a top-end standpoint. But you don't have that one guy that can elevate the rest of them. Like, say, Devontae Adams is on the field. Like you're not gonna get double, you're gonna double cover Devonte Adams and then maybe leave a Marquez Valdez Scantling open, right? <laughs> and that's when MVS goes gets the ten million dollar deal a year deal from the Chiefs because he's playing with a guy like Devonte Adams where he gets most of the coverage. Right. There's no one guy that can like take a lot of attention on this team that will 
end up making other players better and giving them more opportunities that I'm still not sold about. Like, so mm. we'll see. I like the player. I like the trade. I like that they did something, but it's not a number but we'll one. We'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. So, yeah, no, I agree. There is one thing though that we can both agree is a good change, and that's a new NFL rule change. Mm. Now, OT has been frustrating for a lot of people. And mostly fans of the losing teams. But in NFL OT, like you flip a coin and just immediately the first person to score just wins. They just win the game. It's not a back and forth. There's not a try. There's not, you know, oh, okay, they scored. Now you get a chance to score too. No, like if they score, it's over. So really, a lot of it comes down to luck. And we saw that. I mean, we've seen that throughout the playoffs this year. We've seen that throughout the playoffs last year, any year. You've seen an instance where a team has just lost. They kept it close, got to OT, and then just got kind of screwed over. So right. now they've got a new rule. So the new playoff overtime rules, they were just passed. Now both teams will have an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. That's the big thing, right? That's huge. Now with this, if the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score will win. Okay. So it becomes a sudden death after both teams get the ball. And that's if they both score. Right. Yeah. And then... And, and this, Well, this too... And the other thing that I like... Sorry, Trey, before you continue. The other, yeah, just yeah. the thing that I like about this, and we talked about this before with this rule, with this issue, it gives your defense a chance to shine too, right? Say yeah. it was your defense that was winning you the game, right? Your offense might be, eh, you know, Aussie Aussie. Now... Your defense can win you the game. If say you know some miracle, you get you get the score. Now your defense got to lock up and stop them from scoring. Yeah. So when, I remember when we were first talking about this after, as our like post post game comments in a sense after the Bills Chiefs game. Yeah. And I was like, I, I heard people clamoring for it, and I I was like, okay, I get it, and I feel like something is going to change just because it did end weirdly, but. I'm not really sure if we should be rewarding the team that had not, you know, not played defense on that one possession. But in a sense, you're right. Like now that I've I've kind of come around on that fact where, yeah, okay, your team, maybe you let the other team score. And from the offensive standpoint, yeah, you scored. But hey, you can't just score and say, oh, Round of applause, your team, your whole team did great. Let's let your whole team be great. Let's let your whole team be great. And have the other half come back and say, okay, yeah, now let's do our job. Mm. So I do like that aspect. I do like that aspect where it's like both sides have to play well for you to win the overtime. It can't just be one side. 100%. Exactly. Exactly that. And it's the vice versa, right? Where it's, okay, you know, well, yeah, no, exactly what you said. I'm not saying anything new. You're right. It's you giving both sides of your team to do their job and win the game. Yeah, and then and say your defense to... say your defense fumbles the bag and they let them score. Okay, exactly. if your offense is better, bam. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, you made a mistake, obviously, but that mistake was obviously had something to do with how the coin was flipped, and so and so you know what I mean. Like obviously. You literally need to pray to Lady Luck to like keep your team in the game. Yeah, or no, let your team win the game. There, there's there's no, no, yeah, there's no like I guess direct 
influence of the coin toss being that your team played bad on defense. But that kind of being the, the subsequent step of being like, okay, you lost the coin toss, then your defense messed up on these couple plays and you like it, it it feels like more of like oh you're just like a down moment when you lose a game like that now having the opportunity to have like a redemption moment is something that's like you always love those rede- redeeming moments in sports right so it's like 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 in a sense like oh when you when you know someone is down and then they pick themselves back up and they and then they're able to win or they have a chance of still winning those those moments are great. So I think this adds that element to it where it's like a team can redeem themselves for making a misplayer or, or a player even could redeem themselves. So I think um I think this is good for the league in terms of the overtime. I know people in the NFL and the league are not ready to make this a regular season thing, which I think the overtime in the playoffs is kind of like a, a test for it. If it works well who knows it might it might show up in it might show up in the regular season i know that owners are and 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 teams in sense are not ready to make this a a regular thing so and that's and you know that's fair i think that's fair like you said you're giving it a trial run and you're going to allow it to well it what well, the thing is though is that the the playoffs are the most important games right yeah. you need to you need you again when you lose on a fluke like the bills did Right, because they just didn't get a chance. They just yeah. didn't get the ball. And yeah, okay, the defense made an error, and then that's just it. Your season's over. Now mm. you're giving again. You're giving people to, a chance to like fight and maintain what they worked so hard for. Yeah, and that that I'm a fan of. And I think maybe implementing it into regular season, but again, that's just extra time. You know, typically in a regular season game, like you can see who should be winning, right? Yeah, and in terms of uh, the last kind of rule max that i wanted to get to in terms of overtime if the team kicking off to start the overtime round scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession so kickoff first happens and then defense gets the safety okay the team that kicked off is the winner so that's the only way you can end on a team on a on a on a one possession overtime loss is if a safety I, is scored on the first possession. That's and that's I mean we think about it, that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's really hard so to do. So you really kind of have to be bad <laughs> on that possession to to make it, you know what I mean? Like I would be so shocked if that ever came into play. But like at that point if you've if if you've played that possession. We're clouding you. We're yeah, clouding you got to lose getting that game. roasted. You got to lose that game. You got to lose Goodbye. that. Goodbye. And I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's a fair rule. I'm actually a big fan of that. Yeah. Right. If you get safety on the first out right after kickoff, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the rule says. That's fair. I'm with that. I like okay. that. I like cool. that. <laughs> well, it'll make it'll make the playoffs certainly more interesting uh going into this year. And I'm a fan. See, and look, look, MLB, you can have rule changes. You can take a the risk. next season. Can, <laughs> it can be can, quick. <laughs> You can listen to what people want, implement these changes and suggestions, and then actually still be successful. It's crazy how that works. So anyway, uh, so before we get going, uh, we do have speaking of the MLB, speaking of the Red Sox, we're just doing we're doing a full New England day, except the Bruins. Sorry, um, Shrey wanted to talk about a quick Red Sox preview uh, for this season. 
because the first two weeks are still gone, but the season will maintain. Yeah, so well, we're we're gonna get the one sixty two, so that's that's all set and done. A season's gonna start. Wow, when this when this uh, episode is out, the season will have started. So we're we're getting into that point where we're preparing our teams. There's trade still going on. I know it's kind of crazy because you feel like, oh, okay, the season's so close. Spring training's just about to end. All these you know, all these games are are just coming to a close, and then bam, the the star pitcher for the a uh, the Oakland Athletics, the A's, gets traded to the Padres, and what feels like a continued arms race between the Padres and the LA Dodgers, which is insane. So acquire assets, acquire <laughs> assets. Like it literally like, like that feels like what the AFC West is where it's just like, Oh, you got this guy. Okay. Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. Make this trade to get this guy. And it's like, Oh, it's just like, it keeps going. It's a headache. But the, the Red Sox here, they did a, uh, they did a move during free agency after the first, you know, I don't know if it was like a couple days or a week or something. It was it was a little bit after the free agency had started, where they signed shortstop, now turned second baseman. He's played both, Trevor Story from the Colorado Rockies. Trevor Story, yeah, Trevor wow. Story. I wonder. Wow, I like he, his story. Oh, I was <laughs> dang it, dude. I was I was going to say I wonder if he's an open book. <laughs> oh, that was better. <laughs> Ah, oh, wow, I ruined the pun. Man, that one was better. <laughs> was that a good one? I was like, I was like, dang, I can, can we both can uh, we make book jokes? Can we, we can, make we book two book jokes back to back? I don't know if we could do that. We just I, did. We no, just did. Wait, Shrey, I'm getting a call. Yeah, no, we're canceled. Oh, we're canceled. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't take two book jokes. You can't do you can't do that. We're canceled. <laughs> well, we're the author of this podcast, so we can do it. <clears throat> Yeah, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> but yeah, Trevor Story, that's fun. Yeah, so he comes in uh six years, 140 million, big contract. It's a it's a deal that I was surprised, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. I was surprised about. But you know, kind of seeing this lineup come into fruition and having uh Devers, Bogarts, Kike Hernandez. Kike. Trevor Story, you get uh, Bobby Dahlbeck also hitting. He can hit. You know what I mean? Like so, you you get a bunch of these guys that can hit. It feels like a really lethal lineup. I feel like we still need pitching help, and I feel like that's probably not going to be addressed at this point. Uh, and it's going to be more of a Based midseason thing. Ki- oh my god! Based off of so many games <laughs> last year, again, and I don't know a lot about baseball, but I'll tell you, yeah. yeah. The Sox need pitching help. They Holy need some, cow. The, it would be nice to have a bullpen. Meatball, that, meatball, meatball. <laughs> it would be nice to go through the late innings and be secure. Like, not have to feel like, oh, we might actually lose this <laughs> up 7-3. So that was a little bit of the up and down that we had last year. It's like, oh, man, we gave up a bunch of games. And we also didn't have a closer. And I feel like that's kind of where we are this you year. Need a cl- you need – exactly. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. You need to put somebody in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. That's just gonna hold the fort hold. down. Hold. hold, hold the line, hold diamond hands, baby, hold it. No, no, but seriously, seriously, yeah, really. that's that's the worst thing is when you have a lead or you're in control of a game, even if you're up one, and then you just honk, yeah, and let it go. You never, never like those types of losses. That's always a struggle. Oh, you don't. So, 
but I'm excited to see this offense at least and just kind of where we're at preparing for the season. There's been a lot of, there's been a good amount of movement. Uh, all the big players that we're thinking about moving have moved Freddie Freeman, you know what I mean? So, and then obviously, you know, going into December of last year and like, there's some big names and uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. So like, there's been a lot of movement. I'm excited to see kind of how this year for the Red Sox will play out, how Trevor story will, will take upon being paid now, mm-hmm. how he'll take upon the challenge to play second on a consistent basis, knowing Bogarts is there, will that provide confidence in the Red Sox to pay Bogarts, who will most definitely opt out after this year mm. and, you know, is a premier player at his position in terms of hitting, in terms of defense. Like, he can play. He's a two-way player. So will they, will they make that? I want them to do it. Mm. I want them to do it, but... To have someone like Story, you got to have that thought in the back of your mind that is he here solely as an insurance play, knowing that Bogarts could leave? Like, when, like in any in any sport, Max, when you kind of have to, he- you kind of think hedging your bets is the best option. Or it's like, okay, let's improve. Where it, it'll kind of be viewed as a depth play for the year, but when you kind of see in the background that something might happen. Oh, now oh, but this is why we got the guy. It wasn't really a depth play because then it gets spun when the guy when the guy you had leaves. Now you can spin the insurance play as oh, but this is why we got him. He's well, gonna yeah, come in. Yeah. When it should be viewed as a de- like it it should if you really wanted to keep that lethal line. You want to retain retain you want to retain them. You want to retain yeah. the talent, right? So yep. if they can find a way to do that and find a way to mesh this year, this is a real test year for this offense. If they can find a way to mesh. I think it bodes well for keeping Bogarts, obviously paying Devers after this, uh, after, after, I don't know when he's got, I think he has a couple of years left, but like he he definitely is going to need an extension. It's going to, it's, it's, it's a lot of money coming down the pipeline, Max. It's going to be some sort of LA Dodgers. Like it's, they're already into the luxury tax. They're, they're going to pay some people. They're going to have to let some people go. Yeah. Who's but when be, that pain in the meals, no more. Yeah. Who's going to be, we need to get rid of the luxury tax. <laughs> You need to save money when you can, baby. <laughs> Sorry, you can't eat. <laughs> Dude, man, that conversation, that was crazy when we brought that up, too. That was, that was crazy. That was crazy. But And then the million-dollar fund for all all stadium workers. It's not per stadium. <laughs> they matched it. <laughs> all right, guys, you're really forcing my hand here. One million dollars. No, not even. That wasn't even one player. That That is all... MLB players, they're like, here's 50 bucks. Yeah. Oh, the all the staffers and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like oh, here's a thousand bucks. Good luck. <laughs> Man, don't even get me started on minor leaguers and how they're treated. But Maybe. we can talk terms... about that. That'd be another, that'd be a good. Yeah. You bring, so... If you bring the drama, I'm here for it. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, shade room. Shade room version. <laughs> we, could, we could do the shade room of the MLB minor league. <laughs> the shade room. I of think sports. people. I you know I you know, Shrey, I don't know a lot about it. I think people would be interested if there if there's drama and people are actually like not getting treated well. Let's talk about that for sure. For sure. All right. But when we when we uh, going back to the Red Sox quickly to end it, like there's going to be a lot of money coming down the pipeline. So who's going to be the odd man out? And you know it it's looking like if they have to pay Bogarts, if they have to they've paid Story, if they have to pay Devers. 
JD Martinez seems like a guy. He's on the last year of his deal. Is this the year that he does he finish out the year as a Red Sox? Will be a will be a key thing. Like, would they consider trading him to get something back? And I don't see him kind of coming back in terms of a big deal, considering all the other players that they have to pay. So he's going to be a name to watch throughout the season in terms of trade rumors. He's going to be a name to watch if he ends the season. Will he come back? It's He's part of this lethal lineup. He's one of the big hitters in this lineup. They got Martinez, Bogarts, Devers, Story. That's a big, that's a big group of hitters that are – they can all pop for 25, 30 home runs easy. That's a lot. So – it's going to be exciting this year, but it's also something to watch for uh, going into midseason trade deadline and also the end of the season. So mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm interested to see how that works. Yeah. Well, let's see. I mean, that's that's the exciting part. You know, mm-hmm. like we always say we love seeing new new faces on new teams, new people in jerseys. And I think that Boston should keep doing their yellow Boston Marathon ticket jerseys. Oh, the uh, the they grew city series or whatever that was. The city series, yeah, because that's just something that the NBA does that everybody loves. I don't know anybody who's like I hate city jerseys. It gives you more style, more flair. Did you see? Did you happen to see the the collab Washington between? Na- yeah, yeah, yeah. The Washington the Nationals ones and the Wizards clean, and the Wizards one too clean. So I love I, alternate jerseys. So for me, I like I like the the Nationals hat. I thought the black hat with the little cherry blossoms going. I thought that was cool. I would love a different color for the jersey. I think really. I, I thought I thought the gray and the pink. I like that combo. I would I would have preferred a darker tone. Like if it was okay. if it was a straight black, if it was a blue, if it was a dark okay. blue. I I just something about gray that I, I've realized coming coming across. Uh, jerseys where it just kind of like mutes everything mm-hmm. it feels then like you would everything. hate uh the portland trailblazers city jerseys from oh. two years ago oh oh was it the is it the gray they with were the all reds? gray with the black stripe no gray Bleh. with black stripe black gray shorts yeah black <laughs> black <laughs> horrible horrible yeah gray on a jersey it, it, it can't be a it can't be a primary color i think we i think i've after talking to friends and stuff, it's just, it's just not. Okay, uh, that's that's a take. Not a thing. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't, I, I've you never know, seen. I don't strength. know how many gray jerseys have been good. Have, I'm gonna openly disagree. I think the Nationals one looks really good. I say I, I say fair because I like the cherry blossom branch and the. I think that's yeah. cool. I think that's yeah. cool. I I feel like they could have done a lot more. And with the with the, did you like the Wizards one though? Mm, I felt like I they phoned why. it in. Here's here's they why they phoned it in. They phoned that one. No, they they called up Timmy. Timmy was half asleep. They're like, uh, "You're a graphic designer. I need something by you ten a.m. tomorrow. Go." The thing that I don't like is the kind of mismatch continuity because on yeah. the top of the jersey, so the jerseys are blue and reddish pink with cherry blossom kind of details that are outlined in white. Um, you the saw the thing blue. For me, there was a blue jersey version. No, 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 no. Sorry, it was red, but it like tapered into blue on the shorts. On the shorts, yeah, but the but the jersey on was the top, pink. the jersey doesn't. The jersey ha- doesn't it like taper. It's hard. It, it's hot pink and it's hard blue lines at the top. So uh, if you're gonna go with the fade into blue, you gotta do get it. the gradient. You gotta you keep have the gradient. to do both. You can't do a half gradient and then do hard lines on the top. Like um, like Utah, the Utah jersey with the gradient yellow exactly. to orange or orange to yellow, or however the, the sunset ones and then yeah. the, the sunrise ones that mm. they did for yeah. That yep. they did that well. They did that well because it went into it even, flowed into the jersey. 
Exactly, but even the ones before the the black ones with the sunset on it, the sunrise ones where it was just the chunks, it yeah. still was great because it was like it was hard lines, hard transitions between the colors. Yeah, but really well done from a design aspect. Go look yeah. up uh, Utah Jazz Sunrise City jerseys. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and then the only kind of part of that Wizards jersey that had remotely Washington aspect of it was they put the cherry blossom on the eye of the Washington. And it's like tiny. It's like someone took the JPEG and like shrunk it so it could fit. A, it could fit a dot on a on a letter. And I was like, man, I was like, man, that mm. in comparison to the national jersey, the national one looked crazy because the Wizards one looks like it, they didn't do anything. The shorts are crazy. The shorts are crazy. I like the shorts. The fade, the fade, right? Love them, but the gradient, yeah. Like I'm not buying the shorts. If I'm buying the Washington jersey, I'm gonna buy the, the jersey. jersey. Yeah. And it's and the jersey's, jersey's bad. Yeah, it's the hot pink. My like, like them versus Miami. It's good. They're gonna pass. They're gonna get a lot of turnovers. Who? <laughs> Who's oh! <laughs> oh, on the team? Because Miami did the fade in their most recent city jersey. Or not, mm. No, not their most recent. Last no. year's city jersey, they did fade yeah. and fade. It was the, pink and blue, and it was a fade on both the, the Miami, It was the Miami one. For, was it this year or last year? That was the, the one they wear. It was where like the ransom letters. Yeah, it looks like the ransom letter. That's this year. <laughs> they beat us in the ransom letter jerseys. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, we're ending the episode. This has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas, and we will see you next time. Peace.